0: Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Everybody, welcome back. We've got a wild episode for you today here. Uh, the title of this episode is What do propane tanks, cows, and air quality sensors have in common? And you're thinking that's That's not ccas that's not security what in the world are we going to talk about today uh we're not going to give it away but we're going to get to it because they're all important and it's technology and it's fun so today i would like to welcome on uh back to the show as we did a fireside chat uh, a while back ken mills ceo of epic io ken welcome on
1: thanks josh uh you know a long time listener first time caller and (laughs) with that title i i had to bring the shirt that i felt was appropriate uh, you know, I like big data and I cannot lie. So I think we'll get into a bunch of topics and should be fun. Thanks for having me.
0: Love it, man. Let's jump in. Uh, I, I want to hear your, your personal background story for anybody that, that is not going to go and, and listen to our awesome fireside chat. I thought thought we talked about some cool stuff when we did the studio, give a little bit of a background, just you personally, you know, how, how did you get into this? How has everything come together? Where did you start out? And, and, and you know, how did you get where you're at now?
1: Yeah. I think one of the most interesting aspects is my mom is the nerd of the family uh you know she read every manual uh still does uh, uh you know reads every blog watch every watches every apple keynote uh you know she is uh, on top of what's going on and i just kind of picked that up as a kid and you know we were early in the bulletin board days uh, you know, with uh, 56K modems when those were cool, mm-hmm. uh, if they ever were, uh, I guess they were pre-worked back then. And, you know, AOL chat rooms, which are, you know, the bane of our existence and all of those uh, experience taught me about computers and and got me hooked on on the technology. And I just kind of grew up in, in that space of loving tech and, and loving uh, uh, to learn new things. I'm just a big nerd at heart. And so, you know, I jumped at a chance to join uh, Cisco Technologies uh, way back when, you uh, after the dot-com bust when they were looking for a number of growth areas and non-traditional markets. So they started this, uh, what they called emerging technologies team, where we were out there looking for new adjacent businesses, either new customer segments, new technologies, new acquisitions. And we built a team to go build those go-to markets and build those businesses where most of the people we talked to that we said we work for Cisco, they're like, oh, I know the food company. You're like, no, different Cisco, uh, you know, Cisco networking. And, and so, you know, we didn't have that brand power in these adjacent markets that we had in routing and switching at the time. And so it was fun. I learned a lot about how to, you know, take technology from an idea into, you know, an actual market and, and grow it. And then I got to spend, you um, you know, I did that for almost nine years and I got to spend almost seven years at uh, EMC Corporation, which became Dell Technologies, in uh, doing the same thing. So we launched a number of video businesses, computer vision businesses, IoT business, um, a number of different things. And so I was very fortunate to be part of a very fast growing team across the globe. And and uh, I was a general manager of those businesses for a number of years and about $2 billion in revenue and decided to do something more entrepreneurial and uh, partnered up with a private equity firm and and decided to uh, leave a cushy tech job at the time and and at, in the middle of covid or the start of covid which was my wife thought was a terrible idea uh probably was a terrible idea she's probably right uh and and uh jump ship and 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 do this so you know, we brought together three companies in, in 2020 uh, around IoT with IntelliSite acquisition. We brought together uh, Deep Vision for our computer vision uh, skill set and team. Uh, we acquired BroadSky, which most of the folks uh, that are listening to this probably recognize that name more than any other, uh, which rounded out the connectivity aspect of our business. So we could launch this concept that I'm very passionate about, which is helping the world be a safer, smarter, more connected place. And so we wanted to have all of the technology. That enabled us to do that in various uh, compelling ways, and, and that's what the combination of Intellicyte, Deep Vision, and and Broadsky brought together. And you know, we wanted to launch as a new team with a new mission uh, and a consolidated uh, strategy across the company. So we rebranded under Epic IO, and uh, that's who we are now. And we're excited about really uh, bringing together into market those real uh, uh, products and solutions that hopefully help make the world a safer, smarter, more connected place.
0: Love it. Great story. Uh, One important thing in there, our spouses are always right. And the sooner we learn that, the happier we'll be. Day, right. I'm happy. Day, right? Yeah. And it's on Valentine's day, right? Uh, I, I love it. No, it's a, it's a good background. Definitely. A lot of big data in there certainly justifies the I love big data shirt. Uh, makes a lot of sense. And, and, and so I want to, I want to jump in and, and maybe talk about, you know, as you, as you saw this technology change, as you saw computer vision come in, as you saw some of these Lego blocks come in, you know, talk to me about, Right now, um, what are some of the latest things in your current role as CEO of Epic that you've learned and really what's been the most valuable of, of how you're how you're trying to apply that and then we'll get into the to the to the cows and the air sensors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the Lego blocks is a great one. right? And we talked about it a little bit last time. And it's one of my favorite talk tracks. I'm sure Taylor and the team uh, can can recite it. But, you know, I believe that we're in this phase of the technology bell curve of of adoption. And if you haven't ever looked at that, there's a great book by a gentleman named Jeffrey Moore, who wrote books, business books in the 70s, uh, call around technology adoption and crossing the chasm and, and how to get technologies to the mass market. And, you know, one of the big lessons in his studies that, that I uh, was very fortunate to learn at Cisco as we worked directly with him and his team was this concept around called whole product. And, you know, that's a pretty kind of weird term. So I try to make it simple and say Pizzas uh you know when people think of a whole product pizza is the is the easiest analogy right a whole product of a pizza is the crust the ingredients the process the delivery ordering everything that you need to get that pizza to your door and enjoy it is all figured out for you you don't have to do it right it's it's simple it's repeatable it's scalable and and it tastes the same pretty much everywhere you order it if you order it from the same chain you know that's a whole product approach to to pizza Customers are looking for that same concept when it comes to AI and IoT and even connectivity solutions like private 5G. They're not ready to go just buy the Lego blocks and put them together on your own and, and hopefully get the end result that you want. They need a more uh, off the shelf, more you know, whole product experience, much like a pizza. So you know, I like to say customers aren't, don't want to buy Legos, they want to buy pizzas. And that's what IO is trying to do is build as many repeatable pizzas in these complex use cases as possible.
0: I love that. I love that example. So if I think about what, what my, you know, my kids are uh, of a younger age and I think about what they look forward to and what I looked forward to at their age, right? And for me, it was Little Caesars. It was Blockbuster and it was the the AOL dial up, right? That that was that was some of the Friday nights. Yeah. And, and now you, know, you bring up the pizza thing, but I think that's an important thing to call out because what I want... What I want our partners to understand is how do they take all of the great things that you have, how do they take what their customers are doing and help them innovate? Because what what we're finding is, you know, we expect the customers to know exactly how to innovate. And the reality is that's our job, is to help them decide what can be innovated. And you know, you mentioned the pizza thing. And so, you know, the, the, the thing my kids are into now is Friday night, Domino's, it's right here. It's five minutes from my house. But I just think about the innovation of the pizza tracker right? That takes sensors that takes components that takes innovation. And was that innovation they thought on their own? Or was that innovation that was spurred? And I think we have to, we have to look at the tools, the things that you have of how we can enable to have an innovative conversation like that. Um, And you have all those there to your point. So it really does boil down that I think the pizza is a great example.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, a uh, we've talked about this forever, right? It's about finding the problem that is important enough to the customer to put budget behind it to solve. And, you know, there's a lot of studies out there from all the major analyst firms. One of the biggest reasons people do not move forward with AI and IoT projects is they don't know where to start and they don't know what the outcome is gonna be and kind of how they're gonna get there, right? They don't fully grasp the journey of, you know, uh, coming up with the idea what the problem solution looks like, how much is it gonna cost and what's the value I'm gonna get uh, after I spend this this money. And so as consultants that we all work with and we uh, work with these customers, we have to help them build that story and build that vision to understand, you know, how they're going to get there, right? So, you know, the end result is a pizza you get to enjoy, but there are steps, right? You know, you have to, you know, build the crust. You have to put the cheese on. You have to pick the toppings. You have to cook it for the right amount of time. You have to do all these things. I uh, have to deliver it in a proper time so it's still hot and enjoyable in a box that, you know, can stand up to the uh, whole process. So all those things have to be figured out. And us as consultants and and Epic with our our partnership with the uh, agencies and and advisors out here is is that we want to help them Bring that innovative idea to the customer and help them think of a way to solve it in a way they hadn't really thought about it before. Because the reality is nobody's picking up the phone saying, I want to buy a new server to make my pizzas better. Right. There, no one's picking up the phone saying I want to buy new 5G connectivity because I need, you know, to open up uh, the next, you know, big retail chain. Like they're thinking like, I need reliable point of sale. I need you know, uh, the pizzas to be consistent. I need to know that the ingredients are safe and that they're, we're not making anybody sick so that we don't lose money and have a, a, rep, a reputational hit. Right? Those are the problems they care about. So they're not asking for any specific technology, they're asking for you to help them solve a business problem. And the quicker we get to that business problem, then the technology in a sense is important, but the pieces that make it up aren't as important as the outcome. And that's what we really focus on as Epic is, is we may use one sensor for one use case, we may use a totally different sensor for another use case. The customer doesn't care as long as the sensor data is reliable and repeatable enough that they can make a business decision knowing that it's going to be accurate.
0: Right. Great point. Uh, let's let's call back on those sensors for a second here. Right? Yeah. We're talking about, you know, uh, I, I think the idea that inspired this title is that we saw a visual one day of, of yeah. the connected cow and yeah. all of the the pieces that that contains. And I think that was one of the first things that opened up our idea of how we could really grow this mobility and IOT practice of the ways that, that people have been doing things and what can be done to modernize those now. So, so I know we're talking propane tanks, we're talking air quality sensors, you know, fuel levels, whatever, um, any of that, I I would love to hear from your perspective, pick apart any piece of that or any multi parts of that that you've done together and just talk to me about how, how do they tie together and what does a deployment in something like that even look like once you get the business case understood?
1: yeah you know the agriculture industry is amazing as a whole when it comes to iot and using big data and information to get better crop yields and uh you know less waste and quicker time to market and less less spoilage and all these things that go into making sure that we have food on our table across the country and across the world it's it's amazing how innovative our farmers are so it, it's kind of crazy how quick to the to the jump they were on this technology uh and they are also some of the ones that are pushing back on things like repairability and you know uh, um EVs an example you know, a tractor that can't run 24/7 is not useful to a farmer right these are things that we don't think about for your car that's very different for a farm so you know when you think about propane tanks cows Uh, and connectivity and so forth. You know, I, I have seventh grade boys, sixth grade boys, So it's hard not to uh, put the obvious one together, right? So you have cows that create methane naturally. Methane is very explosive. So you want an air quality sensor to really recognize that level of of methane and make sure that you don't have a leak with your propane. And then you have a very serious situation and you have a barbecue that you didn't plan. Uh, And, you know, that could be bad, right? So, you know, being able to have that sensor quality, that sensor integration is really important. You know, we work with one customer that had their uh, farm burned down, actually. Um, it wasn't uh, and it ruined all of their turkeys and killed all of the turkeys that, or that, that were that they were going to use for Thanksgiving. Like literally they went for two years. They were out of business, essentially. Uh, fortunately, they had saved some money and they were able to weather the, the storm. But their whole business was done for for multiple years. And it happened because an air compressor sparked. Uh, and went unchecked, and then created a fire that then caught the uh, yeah. big refrigerator on fire, and then burned it all down. Right, so you know, it was a chain reaction of, of events. So you know that this this farmer automatically is like, hey, how do I prevent that from happening again? Like, what can I use to to prevent that from happening again? And so we worked with a combination of IoT sensors and computer vision to analyze heat signatures to make sure that the heat isn't getting out of whack, along with understanding the power. Uh, Surges that might be occurring on the air compressor, which could cause a spark. And then we can correlate those two data points, the computer vision data and the sensor data, and bring that into a multi sensor uh, enhanced AI solution like Deep Insights, which is the software that we sell, uh, and then analyze that to determine hey, we have a situation here. You need to shut off this uh, compressor so that it doesn't create a fire and cause further damage. Yes, you might lose some part of your um, of your turkeys due to spoilage, but you're not losing the whole farm, right? So, uh, you know, it, it, those kinds of things apply not only to a turkey farmer, but can apply to that Domino's uh, facility, right? Maintaining yeah. the refrigerators for all the ingredients for the pizzas, to uh, the grocery store, to the hotel, to the school, to the wherever, right? So that use case is very horizontal, even though it had a very particular outcome.
0: Yeah, and I think a pre-warning too. I mean, to yep. your point, if we could save you that, Sometimes people just have to look at this, or they want to look at this. as just a math problem. Uh, again, I can't, I can't do this if I can't cost justify it. What's the ROI? Yeah. Well, the ROI yeah. is that if we're charging you a small amount for the sensor, the alerting, the analytics, and that saves you hundreds of thousands of dollars, isn't, isn't this a? I mean, the delta is massive, right? How, how is this even an ROI conversation at that point? So I love, I love when you can put out some very basic ROI. That certainly helps too. Yeah.
1: Who doesn't buy Apple Care on their iPhone, right? I mean, those people are crazy uh you know why would you want amount? to pay $100 yeah. to replace your screen or you know $50 to buy the insurance whatever right so you know it, it's a uh, uh, it's one of those things that mathematics, yeah that when you have a problem that you know the cost is big if you don't have the right protection then uh you know you you, you put yourself in a bad situation i mean in the reality we sell physical versions of insurance policies uh uh no different than your home insurance your car insurance you're you're buying data that's going to give you the warning and the protection from a from a risk that you may not get. But if you do get it, you need to know about it right away. And yeah. You need to solve it quickly.
0: Well, no, that's a good. I love that. That's a good way to look at it. Uh, put myself in the frame of, of a partner. If if I'm going out and saying, okay, you're you're helping me understand some of these verticals. We obviously think of mobility and IoT. We think of manufacturing. We think of agriculture. We think of commercial, medical, all these things. But um, a, a, as you think through that and we go back to the deployment question. What percentage of customers do you find out there? You know, you went into some of the metrics about how we correlate this sensor against this data and give you an alerting, what percentage would you say of the customers are really even thinking at that level? Or are are, are they just do they even know that there's necessarily a problem, right? I want to help our partners understand what what type of customers are we walking into where they really even think there's anything wrong to start with?
1: Yeah, so this might be controversial, but my opinion is if the customer doesn't know they have a problem, they're probably not the right customer today. You should put them on the, for- on the list later yeah. to call in, right? Because the customers that know they have a problem they're already looking for solutions, and there's a lot of customers that know they have problems. And so, I, my my guidance to the partners is go find the customers that already know there's issues, and bring them as a way to solve it in, in an innovative way, in a reliable way that they can they can consume. Versus trying to convince a customer that they have a problem that they haven't quite uh, materialized or or uh, figured out what it's costing them yet. So maybe that's not is is uh, um, uh, uh, maybe it's more controversial than others would like. But I think there's enough there's plenty of opportunity with customers that already know what's going on.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, partners want to get, they want to get to a no faster. I think they don't, they don't want to be drug out. Right. They don't want to try to force an opportunity out.
1: Yeah. And my team, you know, I know Taylor's been a part of this conversation. We've debated this, like, well, tell us the ROI of all these things. We can go to these customers and say, here's how much you'll save. if You buy this today. And my pushback is if the customer doesn't know that they're losing money, then us educating the ROI is we're too, we're too early. Like they need to know that there's risk already, uh, and they need to be feeling that pain or be already or nervous of that pain to really be ready to make a decision. A good example that's a big utility customer we worked with, you know, they were spending thousands and thousands of dollars on manpower and fuel to go manually check all these tanks, and you know, it, it's just what they've always done, right? And the reality is, that some guy drives out there, checks the tank, it's empty, he leaves, someone comes and fills the tank, you know, thirty minutes later. Uh, it's still empty as far as the, anybody knows, because that's what he, that was the last time he checked it. Another person comes in, tries to put something in that tank. It's full. Now that person uh, has to go to another facility. They charge the customer a, a fee because they wasted their time. And there's all this frustration expense that that is, you know, they already knew they had that problem. They already knew this process was not working. And so when we got there, they're like, look, can you just solve this for us? and we said sure and so we put together again another combination of computer vision and sensors to correlate activity levels and when the site is being utilized so they could better plan uh, for the sites and then we also gave them fill levels and and um, ai to understand when it's going to be full and likely how long it's going to be before it's full so they could do better route planning i uh, combine those two things together now they have digital transformation that just occurred in their facility uh, and solved a big problem they already knew. They never asked us what sensor do we use? They never asked us what camera do we use? They never asked us any of those questions because it didn't matter to them. They asked us how much does it cost and is that cost enough uh, or low enough to make sense for us from a business perspective to offset the the problem we know we have? And the answer was yes, and they bought it. And so, they just renewed for another five years. Yay! So that's a great example. <laughs> we love that. We love that. Yeah. No,
0: I was going to go into the example next. So that's perfect. Uh, yeah. I, what... How is that how is that relationship with that customer after I mean, it seems to me like you dramatically revolutionized how that customer can go to market and build their business and think about things in a different way. What do you this is not a commodity sale. This is not a transactional quote line item, but you changed the way that 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 partner looks at their business or that customer looks at their business. What what changes for you uh, from that customer's perspective after that?
1: It's obviously a very sticky, uh, healthy relationship because you're solving a real problem. So we we launched a new organization around customer success. uh, And so we have a customer success team that now takes on these customers once we turn them on and, and, and know that the customer is happy and everything's working, and they're working with that customer on a quarterly basis, understanding you know what's working, what's not working, how many tickets do they have? you know, here's some new things we could do. Here's some other ideas and things we could solve. And we've already expanded that customer to other use cases uh, because we've had those conversations on an ongoing basis, and we've built that trust that we could solve a really meaty, tough problem that they're coming to us were other challenges and and i know you're gonna ask about it later but that's how we got into biosecurity right that's the that's the whole genesis of that
0: product Uh, let's yeah that's exactly where i was going to go next let's jump into that i mean we when we talked to when we had you in the studio we talked fireside you had some cool things coming out some decontamination stuff talk talk to me about that what you know i know we've we've pinpointed on sensors and 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 analytics and ai vision all kinds of awesome stuff but but what else is there talk to me about some of the other stuff you got cooking
1: yeah, I mean, we're overachievers. We're very nerdy. We like to solve as many hard problems as we can. Uh, that's just who we are as a company and as a leadership team. And one of those is is biosecurity. So, you know, it's our post-it note. For like 3M, so most people know the story that the Post-it note was an accident. They were trying to build an entirely different compound, and they came up with a Post-it note uh, uh, idea, and uh, they almost threw it away. Now it's a multi-billion-dollar business, right? It's probably one of the most recognizable things that 3M does, uh, and so we, you know, we hope that the biosecurity is our same level of success. But you know, it really started out as an IoT problem. We had a partner in Panama uh, and they had a customer who was shipping uh bananas from Guatemala to the States, and the bananas were dying in high, high yield rates and, and they were losing a ton of money. And they said, Hey, we we there's this process of ionizing the air that's already been proven for 20 years, but we can't make it consistent in these containers. Can you help us with IoT solve this problem? And we said, sure, of course we can. Uh, and so we got our smart team together and folks, and we built a, a solution with connectivity, IOT sensors, deep insights, our software, the whole thing, edge compute, put attaches the containers and they shipped them from, from Guatemala to the US and, and all nine of the containers that we had our equipment on uh, lived, all the, all the bananas lived. And that's why we wear shirts that say, save the bananas. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the one that didn't have our technology died, uh, wow. that 80% failure of uh, spoilage of the bananas. And um, so we said, wait a minute, this is pretty cool. Like we didn't, we didn't really think about this use case. And the, and the customer said, well, we really want a product. We want something that is like a whole product, Get back to that whole pizza, right? We don't want to put all these parts together. We want to buy something. And so we said, well, we don't have a product. They said, well, go build a product and come back to us and we'll, we'll do this at scale. And so we spent the last year uh, building the biosecurity product, which is uh, the first version that's called the Epic Aura. And essentially, it is a combination of that, that same technology, edge compute, connectivity, sensors, and, a, and our software uh, on the back end in the cloud that creates recipes that ionize and disinfect the air and all the surfaces to kill things like listeria, Panama disease, MRSA, COVID, SARS, um, uh, you know, E. coli, salmonella, uh, you name it, staph infection. Uh, so we, we've tested with m- multiple universities uh, and done many, many microbiology studies and tests and validations and academic reviewed research uh, to validate that this actually works as well as we say it does. And the results have been overwhelming. So we spent you know, literally just the last year taking this idea that we did with a customer and then making it into a pizza uh, uh, that they could buy and consume. So now it's ready and available and, and can be built and shipped and delivered as a product and you know we already have schools we have uh gyms we have uh food processing facilities we have egg hatcheries we have uh athletic facilities in d1 colleges we're talking to a major league baseball team right now and a major league basketball team uh we are talking to um, you know you name a vertical patient rooms daycares i mean we have literally all kinds of use cases out the out the uh, wazoo as, as uh, there are tons of challenges with, um, you know, people worrying about keeping their space safe. Yeah. And um, people are now much more aware because of COVID that, hey, wait a minute, maybe our room and our air isn't as safe as we thought it was. And RSV has been pretty deadly this year for children. And, you know, our solution kills RSV, right? So wow. uh, it kills any airborne uh, 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 dynamic. And the reason we came up with the solution is there's been UV around forever but UV is is really great. It's actually 100% effective if you use it at the right distance from the light. But if you get too far from that light or you have something in front of that light between the light and the object, the effective rate goes from 100 to like zero in a heartbeat. So you, get, uh, you end up with something that you think is safe and it's really not. You actually have a false sense of security and a false outcome. So we wanted to build something that was a lot more reliable and a lot more uh, effective across the entire surface area. So that's the uh, that's the aura. So, you know, we we think it's a that is truly something that can be bought, you know, delivered, put in a box, installed, uh, and then off you go. So that is uh, a very consumable solution.
0: Love it. So, I mean, in, in the end of it, it, it I was going to say let's pick a use case, but it seems to me the the size, the scale, the environment, the the, you know, wherever it might be, the disease, the concern, it seems like it has to play for all of those things, right? And it's kind of custom to fit whatever it is, it has the core aura in it, but the reality yeah. is, it can fit any of those use cases, yeah.
1: Yeah, the only place it doesn't fit, to always be fair, right, is we don't we don't want to send partners down the wrong path. Is any space that's open twenty four seven because we have to have uh, the space has to be empty uh, because it's you don't need to make it safe, and any space that's massively open, so like a huge right. uh, gym or huge you know massive cafeteria. You know, probably not a good use case for it. But if you want to do a classroom or cold storage or a patient room or any of those other facilities, perfect, perfect yeah. fit.
0: I love that. I mean, there's so much too. Obviously, from a medical medical side, but you think about the weirdness of where we are with inflation and cost of goods and shipping and produce yeah. and shortages. I mean, I, I have to imagine there's such a vast amount of people looking to figure out how to save cost on that and not perish you know uh, whatever the consumables might be it's great yeah we,
1: we actually increased uh in the banana use case the shelf life by 27 days wow. so we're working with some food banks right now uh to help them do two things kill any potential listeria, salmonella or e coli or bacteria that might make their constituents sick, which are some of the folks who don't have access to healthcare or don't don't uh, are too far away from healthcare. But uh, so that's a big problem, right? So they want healthy food to these folks, but they also want the food to last as long as possible, so they can get help as many people as possible. So it's a great double benefit that we're not only you know helping make sure the food is safer, but available when they need it for those that need it most. So that's one of the projects I'm most excited about, and we're actually donating uh, equipment to some of those facilities to to make it even more cost effective because I believe in that that uh, uh, dynamic so much much like I know tolaris is is big in philanthropy. so you know something we try to do where we can and, and help where we can.
0: love it. great stuff. all right top that one. Uh, <laughs> all right let's let's we got everybody excited. I think there's a lot of opportunity here. We know this is the future. we know the sky is the limit. If I'm a partner that's not gone down this track yet, how do I walk in to my customers that I know probably need or, or fit some of the things that we've talked about? What's my starting talk track? Um, you know, to identify, you know, whether, whether we're bringing you in, whether they're bringing you in just opening that door, what is that talk track?
1: Yeah. If I could put it in the simplest terms, you know, and one of our, our CTO uses this analogy, right. And he uses it on an intersection for a city project. If you had someone standing at an intersection 24 seven, what would you want them to see and write down? And once you understand that dynamic, we can build the sensor profile to give you that information that you can act on. That same type of question applies to many other use cases. So if you had someone standing here objectively looking at your operation, and you wanted them to write down and identify uh, trends or issues or data, what would that be? You know, and once you understand what those use cases are and what that those data sets are, we can build the right sensor portfolio to give you that real-time access to that data that then you could turn into business data that you can make business decisions on. And that's uh, ultimately what, what people need. So the next question is, once you understand what you're gathering is what information is needed to make a decision? Like what's the threshold? What are the factors that come into play that, that really will ultimately tell you you need to do something? And that's where we create the logic around our enhanced AI that says, here's what we've gathered, here's the logic applied to that data, and that logic then generates a result that you can generate an outcome from. So that's the process.
0: Love it, okay. Um, all right Ken final thoughts. So this is this is definitely one of those areas that continues to innovate, evolve, change. Yeah. So we can't look out really far because right. who, who <laughs> knows where we're at. We all yeah. we all have robots in our house in 3 years like yeah. right right now. But uh, so as we wrap we just look forward I don't know 12 months, right? What do you see Do you want to give any advice partners to look out for anything, anything different other than kind of having the conversations that we're asking them to have right now, anything to be prepared for things that you see coming down the innovation curve, things like that, that you want to make us aware of?
1: Look, I mean. You know, we're at historically low unemployment. I know the news might give you indication otherwise, but we're still at historically low unemployment. If you tried to hire someone lately, I'm sure you can appreciate that. I know we have, uh, I know Talaris has, right? It's not an easy market to get to get the best talent. There's a lot of people looking for that. So companies, cities, uh, hospitals are looking for ways to automate processes as much as they can. So the thing that we know is going to change and, and accelerate, right, and what COVID has has actually accelerated dramatically is the is the understanding that automation is, is here and the need to automate is, as much as possible is here. So robots, you know, discrete robots, you know, multi-use robots, AI intelligence to help make decisions like ChatGPT is changing the world of content. You know, these things are coming and and they're coming much quicker than any time in history. So if I'm an advisor channel partner, I'm looking for ways that I can get ahead of that digital transformation curve because it's been talked about a lot, kind of like the very early days of cloud. Cloud was talked about forever before it became real and then it became the thing. You know, this now digital transformation is kind of in that same phase, right? Where it's been talked about forever. Now it's real, customers are really looking to buy and deploy and make things happen. And we're working with customers right now that the advisor channel has brought us that that's exactly what they're at, right? How do we automate this process in our quick service food uh, environment? How do we automate this process in our school? How do we automate this process in our city? How do we automate this process you know, in our factory, right? All of these things are happening all at once right now. So getting ahead of that curve and being being willing to have that conversation is going to be a, a huge uh, opportunity for the channel. And I think this channel is going to be right there at the front with their uh, ahead of the rest of the curve.
0: Love it. Great stuff. Um, all right, Ken. It, w- you dropped some knowledge on us here. Uh, I think people are gonna be excited about this, learn some stuff, uh, yeah. and definitely reaching out to you guys. So I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's always a blast.
1: Yeah, Josh, always. Anytime, man. I'm a, like I said, big fan. Uh, glad to be on the show and, and thanks for having us and being a great uh, partner of ours. And, you know, uh, it, like I said, you know, don't be afraid of the big data.
0: Love it, man. Love it. Okay, everybody, that wraps us up for today. I'm your host, Josh Lepresso, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. Ken Mills, CEO of Epic IO. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a
1: production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.